everyone, welcome to another episode of Abba Says React. It is episode 90 on October 13th, 2021. My name is Sarah, and I am here with Tyler. How are you, Tyler? Awesome. I'm, I'm actually pretty awesome. Wow. And yeah. you didn't see Bond yesterday, so how are... But I have seen it. That's I've at least seen it once. That's true. You have yeah. seen it since last time. So I guess that's all you want to talk about. No, I, I'm giving you a break from Bond. I'll what? talk about it next week for sure. Wait, you got... Oh, right. You're, you're going to see it on the weekend, and then you're going to see it next week again, and then you're going to see it tentatively one more time after that also. Yeah, I'm probably locked in for at least four viewings, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to wait till you've had your fourth viewing for... No, I'll, I'll talk about this next week when I... Um, after I see it one more time. So I have my initial viewing last Thursday. Yep. I'm seeing it again this coming Saturday, mm-hmm. and I'll talk about it next week. I want to give people, I want to give listeners more of a chance to go see if they haven't seen it yet. I don't want to obviously talk about spoilers or anything. But I'll just say if you were on the fence for any reason to go see No Time to Die. I guess I'll have no time to die. I think you're funny. Uh, by all means, go see it. It is <laughs> a great film. Um, and like I said, th- on my initial viewing, this might be a crazy position to take, but I believe it is the best Bond film ever. On one viewing. I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> Going in now, knowing the full plot, knowing certain things to pay attention to a second time. Um, I'm sure I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I'll like it any less. I just want to see if it still holds up to that standard. So. Okay. Okay. I'll talk about it more next week, but I'll just say, go see it. <laughs> End of Bond today. Yes, no more Bond talk today. <laughs> All right. Um, well, since we're on the topic of movies still, um, before we get into gaming stuff, uh, you and I did watch a movie the other day. We did on Netflix. Yes, I, think I mentioned it last week. That we were gonna we were gonna get around to watching it, so we watched it the other night, and it was called The Guilty. Yes, um, it's a um, Netflix original film. So it's a remake of a. When I say remake, I mean I read the mm. plot online. It's almost an exact plot. Like they changed a couple minor things in the plot, but for the most part, it's a remake of a. Uh, I don't know if it was. 20, it was not long ago. It was like 2017 or 2018. I think it was a Danish film with the same title. So you can, you can go check that out. But again, if, if you don't want to go through the trouble, you don't want to read subtitles, then by all means you can watch this movie, which is basically just an Americanized re- remake um, starring Jake Gyllenhaal in the main role. Um, it is This is Jake's movie to carry because he's like he's on screen 99% yeah, of the time. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> a movie that takes place in one setting yeah. with the camera on him. And of course, when I was watching the movie, I couldn't—I could not help but draw the comparison, uh, not plot-wise, but just the way the movie if is filmed. You tell me, Locke. I am. Well, so, of course, oh, it has no. to be. It's one person no. in one setting. Oh, the garbage movie. Okay, you're wrong again. <laughs> but fine. Tell me what you. I know we talked about it briefly after we watched the movie the other day. What are your quick thoughts on the guilty? Um, it is angry person the movie, and there's no way that and. You're already shaking your head. What do you, what do you, okay, fine. Go ahead and elaborate. Go to the library. I'm just saying. Angry okay, he's a he's a police officer, and he did something bad, and so he has to be on the calls. Uh, like he has to take 911 calls. Uh, like he, as, like he was suspended from active yes. duty for doing something that they allude during the movie that he's yeah. having a court case tomorrow for something yeah. that he did. Yeah. So he has to be on take the calls before he's allowed to go back to normal work. Um. And there is no possible way that he would get away with speaking to people the way he did. No way. How do you know? You worked at a Diamond One call center? You cannot <laughs> swear at them and you cannot hang up on people. So 
And all the time since you worked a service job, isn't it? <laughs> I listened to you at home for like a half a year on I'm your not, calls. I'm always, always playing with you on the phone. You don't think I'm different when I get off the phone? <laughs> I know you are, but he was on the phone getting mad at people. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying here he doesn't have anger issues. I'm just saying that doesn't He had anger issues and okay. he made me angry for him being so angry. So it was a meh movie. That's it, eh? That's, that's all you got. It was meh. What have I said multiple times when I watch a movie? What are my two main criteria for recommending a movie to someone? Is the story good? <laughs> I always say two things after I watch a movie. Would I rewatch it? Mm. And how would I recommend it to other people? It's not rewatchable. No, I agree it's not rewatchable. I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad to watch at least once. I no. mean, it's a 90-minute film. It goes by very quickly. Yes. It's um I think I think it's I think I think it's always engaging. Like it's never like obviously at the moment where there's like any filler or downtime because the movie just keeps going, going, going. Yep. It's uh, centralized around one main plot point. Yes. And there's like a kind of a twist in there. You, sure. I call it that. I don't um, know if I'd call it even a twist. But you saw it coming early. Well, on. I'm just saying the plot of the movie. There's no way you can carry a whole movie with just that plot. So there had to be something. Mm-hmm. But I say like. Just to give it a random score. Let's say, let's say it was a seven. Out, I'll say it was a seven out of ten. But I would say, if it wasn't for Jake carrying the role as well as he did, it would have been like a three or four. Oh, 100 percent. Yes. Like he he carried it. Yeah. Yes. But it's definitely not a seven. <laughs> well, like I said, there's worse ways to spend an hour and a half of time. Yes. I mean, no, I'm not sad. I watched it. Yeah. I'm just saying. You could watch two pointless Grey's Anatomy episodes for the same amount of time, or you could watch this movie where you might actually get something out of it. I would say I get the same amount out of both of those. So. Oh, you would, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, not the easiest movie to recommend. But, again, I mean, it's, it's been out for, I think, almost two weeks now. And it's mm. it's consistently in the top five on the you know most watched Netflix stuff right now. So, it's it's people are watching it, obviously. It's getting yep. recognition. It's getting views. So, yeah. You know, if you want something to put on. And I do, I do think, though, it's kind of a movie where if you're going to sit down and watch it, you do want to engage with it. It's not just like you have it on in the background while you're doing stuff around the house because you're not going to, you know really no, engage with the attention. material yeah it'll be in and out um i right. started and ended a tv show also did you tell me about it i did what was it i watched alice in borderland all right yeah okay go ahead well don't sound too excited tyler well you weren't excited you didn't tell me anything about it so it must not have been that exciting uh you were saving it for this no 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 no, no. <laughs> it's yeah. like after i watched squid game netflix kept yelling at me to watch Alice in Borderland, which is basically Japanese version of Squid Game in a different setting, um, but it it's more teenager focused, uh, and like halfway through the film, like uh, part of the storyline is that everybody has to wear their bathing suits, so it's like okay, yeah, but this is the kind of show it's gonna be. But it it's pretty much the same premise. Everybody's there they're in a different. Okay, they didn't have the choice to play the games like in Squid Games. They were forced to go to another dimension or whatever we don't even know and they had to play games to survive and then you had killed your friends stuff like that um but it was not nearly as good as squid game so if you're looking for another squid game kind of-esque show sure you can watch that but i i if you've already watched Squid game then you know it's not great there you go thank you netflix for telling me to watch it (laughs) And uh, what about video games? You've been playing some new stuff. Yes, I have. I started playing Alan Wake the other night. 
Sorry for your loss. That's fine. I like it still. I haven't played in so long. I, I I don't remember much about the plot. Like the gameplay is very easy to pick up. It's there it's, was no plot. <laughs> there is a plot. It's not a very good plot. Well, I haven't played the DLC before, so at least that'll be new. Oh, I didn't I, know the DLC I, was included. Yep. Yeah, there's two episodes, I think. The song is good. The song? The Alan Wake song. Does it have a main theme? Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought it was like a different song every time the episode ends or something. Because it's broken mm, up in episode segments. No, it has a main theme also. Maybe oh. it's a credit theme. Maybe that's what you're thinking of. What have you been playing? Games. <laughs> <laughs> what have I been playing? I played Ocarina of Time. Game that just came out recently. Yeah, well, I play Far Cry. I don't really play Far Cry. I get mad at Far Cry because I suck at Far Cry. I've been playing Far Cry Six. Did they not do a good job with the tutorials or what? They okay. The tutorials are poop, and then you can't go back to them. I cannot find them in the menus. What do you need to go back to them for? I need to. I didn't know how to use. The super weapon that you build. So then I had to watch somebody else's playthrough, get to that part of it, and be like, okay, what buttons do I need to press? Because they don't show you the tutorials again. Blasphemy. I know not. I now know how to use it. I haven't gone back to the game since. Right, well, we've already established. I'm going to have to download the game and play it so I, I can know. understand what you're I talking about. I don't understand why. <laughs> I don't get it. But I'm very happy this has great accessibility things, like mm. outlining enemies. Okay. And good. making uh, the the radical bold and outlining items you can pick up in loot which makes life a whole bunch faster uh and colorblind mode which makes stuff more contrast so there's a lot of great things in there and i also did turn the menu narration on hmm. which is a lifesaver because it tells me the button prompts saving me to having to mouse over everything so there you go it has a lot of great things in there i just wish i didn't feel stupid playing it that's all yeah, but i like playing it you're only like a couple hours in aren't you oh uh, yeah yeah, I'm not. Like, I'm going through the story, but I get. I'm already in like the Assassin's Creed loop where I see stuff on the map and I go to it, and now I've, I've lost where the story is. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to do. So yeah, I, all those loot chests are getting disappearing off my map though. So that that's good to me. What are we? Um, three weeks away from Extra Life. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. I haven't made a game list yet. That's probably a good thing to do. I haven't figured out how we're gonna do it yet either. <laughs> What do you mean, how like we're gonna setting do it? up all the stuff to stream to yeah haven't i i've been putting thought into it and then i get stressed out in five seconds and i say how about tomorrow well i just i want to give one shout a shout out to one of our listeners or one of our frequent listeners on the mm. podcast who was kind enough to make a donation today yes. to our, our thank you kindly future extra life uh, endeavor so thank you dan i'm very excited for um for jordan and Catherine this extra life too because people can donate towards changing his beard color. Oh, right. <laughs> so thank you very much for the donation. Um, we will get Tyler eating so many vegetables. Yeah, and well, and well, yeah, I was going to say, while I do say thank you for the donation, Dan, I also want to say d- damn you for donating an, uh, an amount of money that is forcing me to eat vegetables now. Yes. Very exciting. <sighs> Sarah, Sarah's going to make excited. me, oh, it's going to be, I'm going right. to go shopping the day before, and I'm going to bring my sister so that you can't even see the vegetables you're going to eat. Do I have to eat these during the... Of course. People the, have to watch you suffer. Oh, okay. So, like, when I die in Apex, I can just sit there and eat a plate of vegetables while I wait to get respawned. <gasps> yeah, that should be your punishment. <laughs> like, every death you have to eat a carrot, or oh, every gosh. death you got to eat, like, a, a zucchini Fine. slice. I'm just going to land in the corner and hide the whole map. <laughs> If I don't die, I won't eat vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like me I'm being stealthy. <laughs> yeah, I don't don't do make me eat my veggies. Yeah. yeah, I want I want you to be on mic though when you're saying that though. Like <laughs> to have two people on your team. Don't make me eat my veggies. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. All right. Well, uh, I do have a, a topic in mind for tonight. It's all you, Bam. All right. So, and I, I I went back through some of our previous podcast episodes last year around this time to make sure I hadn't done this topic before. I didn't want it to be redundant. And I didn't think that we had. So, that should be fine. Um, it's, it's fresh material. But, you know, in the spirit of October and Halloween and everybody's sort of in spooky mode. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> I am in the spooky um, mode. I want to talk about horror films, but I don't want to. I didn't want to do something generic and just make a list of like my favorite horror films or even just like specific scenes that are just like super. Mm. I want to talk more about like horror as a genre because I find it very interesting for a number of reasons. Like I find horror films to be very subjective. Horror, you know, it's like comedy films. Comedy is very subjective. Not everybody mm. finds the same things funny. Yes. Some and obviously some. You know, you go but you you go back and you try and watch. Um, some comedies from like the 70s and 80s or, or even oh, the 90s absolutely. like every decade has a different type of comedy and it doesn't always age well no for political reasons or just society so mm-hmm. but horror i find can can age very well like you can go back and watch horror films from the 60s 70s maybe even earlier i i, I think horror really sort of took i want to i want to say not being a horror aficionado or anything mm-hmm. here i don't i think it, it took off in the 60s so prior to the 60s i'm sure there was some horror films but it wasn't a huge genre like it is like basically once alfred hitch alfred hitchcock came on the scene uh what was the first one like i, I think I, I always think of psycho was like the original psycho that's what yeah. i watched yeah uh, like one that sort of popularized the horror genre yeah. and then after that you know then you get to the 70s you had the like you know, I, I'm not trying to make a timeline here. I'm just saying, like, you go from Alfred Hitchcock films to stuff like The Exorcist or mm. The Omen, and then of course you have like the Halloween films, mm-hmm. and then you have the the Freddy Krueger films, the Jason mm-hmm. Voorhees, Friday the Thirteenth. One's like Sounds um, of the Lambs and stuff. That's in the '90s, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that's more of like a thriller. But again, there's okay. different there's all different genres for horror. Right. You can have like slasher films, yeah. like the Freddy and Jason Jump films, scares. and of course, you know, in the late '90s, um, very important. Uh, for the horror genre was the Blair Witch Project. Oh, Shaky Cam. Popular. Well, not just Shaky. It's the shaky whole cam. what they call found footage genre. Ah. Uh, so the whole idea of trying to, it's obviously scripted, but you're trying to pretend like something's just stumbling on something, and you're filming it with like a camera or yes. camcorder or whatever at the time. And, and of course, the appeal with that and why the Blair Witch Project was so successful. Cheap. Well, exactly. Like you know, you can make a I found took out footage my film iPhone for. And I made a movie. Yeah, exactly. You do it on an iPhone nowadays, but I'm just saying back then, like, yeah, you can make a, a found footage horror film for, you know, under a million yeah. and easily make a hundred times the budget, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I just like it's... Uh, is, is Do you think it's a genre that's hard to do well, though? Oh, absolutely. I mean, for every great horror film, there's like 20 that are terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it definitely takes a skilled director and and writer and producer whatever to know what they're doing like another example i just i recently i skipped over when i mentioned all like other great horror films in the 70s 80s stuff is um and actually this might even be going back to the i think it's the 60s was when the sort of like the zombie genre got popularized george george a romero was the um like night of the living dead Mm. created a whole that whole zombie genre back in the 60s i think it was the 60s i could be wrong but and then you know just but just ballooned into you know i mean and then obviously once uh if you want to connect it to video games, once uh, video games started taking off in the horror genre, like Resident Evil, for example, mm. then those got turned into films. <laughs> Resident Evil movies, Silent Hill movies, that I kind of stuff. I don't know if I'd call those horror movies, though. 
Silent Hill, yeah, maybe. They're horror films. Resident I mean, Evil? Well, I mean, yeah, they're not super scary, but they're... I would call them action films no, at some I... point. Well, yeah, okay, fine. I'll agree. Like, the first Resident Evil film at least tried to be somewhat horror-ish, whereas the other ones all just delved into, yeah, a bunch of CGI yeah. and, and shootouts and stuff. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know. I just, just find it interesting that, like, I can go back and watch so many great horror films from the 70s and 80s, um, you know, or I could watch stuff that just came out two months ago and still mm. think, wow, that's awesome, right? Because, again, you don't need a big budget. You don't need a ton of CGI to do effective horror. Um if you have someone, if you have like you know, like like John Carpenter is another name that's super popular in the in the horror genre. He did you know the um, the the original, I think the first two Halloween films. He did the Thing, which is a great oh, horror yeah. film. A um, bunch of others, I can't even remember right now, but uh, he was he was definitely super influential for the horror genre. But horror has, uh, I would say, it's kind of a bell curve. Okay, like I think. It started off slow and then it, it like peaked in like the 80s and 90s and I think it's kind of coming down again. Like it's been a while since I oh. felt like a, a good amount of horror films have come out. Like you get them sprinkled, but I think it was it used to be bigger. Well, you know, and again, if you want to go, if you want to talk in the in the last, what are some big horror films in the last decade or, or so? You know, you you like original. I'm not talking about yeah, remakes. Yeah, no, I know. I'm talking yeah, like the Conjuring films. There's a few of those. Never heard of it. Um, what well, trust me, they're popular, and uh, I do not trust you. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right that it, you're right that it's easy for them, for companies to try and cash in on just quick like horror remakes. Like yes. um, like recently they remade the the like Child's Play, like the the, thing, Ch- the Chucky doll or it thing it it. So it was um, it was a book originally by Stephen King. I think mm. they did a mini series in the '90s. It was a TV thing where they did mm. it, and you're right that um, the, I think it was like five six years ago that they they did sort of reboot that into and a film halloween recently too yeah yeah well at least that's still continuing on like the original halloween back in like i want to say it was like 77 or 78 when it came out that had jamie lee curtis one of her first oh, roles wow. and the new halloween that came out a few years ago which is basically a um a sequel to because it's because jamie lee curtis is back playing the same character like 40 years later right so it's okay yeah so it's it's not a really a reboot it's sort of like a direct sequel but they kind of pretend the other ones in between didn't exist because there were some there were some bad halloween movies in between mm-hmm. <laughs> um like a couple of them i want to say it was the mid-2000s rob zombie did a couple of halloween oh, films yeah. oh they're just terrible films and see that's the thing i never got the appeal of i've seen a few rob zombie films um like the um devil's rejects and uh what's the other one he did um is it house of a thousand corpses is that what it was called but I remember like watching Devil's Rejects back in like oh four oh five whenever it came out. I was just thinking like, yeah, this is like super edgy, like just super violent and gory. And I'm just like, that stuff didn't bother me back then. Nowadays, I don't really like watching stuff like that. I'll, I can watch it. It's not that I can't stomach the gore. I just, I want a bit it has more a value. Yeah, a bit, a bit more substance out of a yeah. horror film. I like to be scared, not just grossed out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but I think it's like I said. I, I know I'm jumping around here timeline wise, but um. It's impressive how much, like, The Thing from, I think it was 1982, the John Carpenter, you know, one with Kurt Russell in it. That's such a great film, and it still holds up today, even though, obviously, the CGI is very dated by today's standards, but just because the film is so well made. And, and honestly, even though the, the, the special effects are a little dated, there were, at least there were practical effects back then. So it's, it's definitely hold, it definitely helps it um, sustain its longevity. You know, like, for example, they remade The Thing 
in like, I don't know, it was 2011 or 2012 or something like that. They remade it. And originally the director wanted to use practical effects because he wanted to stay true to the original feel of the film. Then, of course, the studio interfered and said, no, no, we don't like how it looks. Make it CG. And then you watch the final, final product. You're like, oh, it looks so fake. Like, it's just not, <laughs> like, not impressive that way. You know what I mean? So, or even like, I think back in 1988 or whatever it was, there was a movie called The Blob. And that was a remake of a much earlier film. They've, they might have even remade it again since then. But I, I watched a few clips on YouTube the other day. And I'm like, for like a movie that's over 30 years old, those practical effects are actually really good. Like it's hmm. pretty creepy to watch a, a movie where it's just like a big plink, big pink alien blob that just like eats people. And you think it sounds so cheesy on paper, but you watch it's the film. Blubber. And it's, right? <laughs> right? It's like super violent. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, you... Um, but again, horror is not always just about the gore and the jump scares and stuff. Like there's a good example of a horror film that I can always go back and rewatch because I think it's a really well made film. Is um, I think it was almost twenty years ago. It's been out now. I want to say it was early early to mid two thousands. Uh, it was called The Descent. You ever hear about that one? It's, I don't uh, think so. So first, first, an interesting thing is that it has like an all female cast. Um, basically, you have a. I think it. I can't remember where the movie takes place. It takes place in Europe, but um, it might be in the U.S. I can't remember, but I'm trying to remember if any characters had accents. <laughs> but uh, it's a group of uh, maybe, what, six or seven women who are like, well, two of them are like kind of experienced cave divers, like spelunkers. Mm, okay. And uh, I think one of the, I think the, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I've seen the movie, but I think the main character, I don't remember the names, unfortunately, so I'm not going to use any names here, but the main character um, lost her husband? Not her family. I think it was a whole family. I think she lost her husband in a car accident or something. So she's kind of like traumatized. So her friend's trying to like, you know, get her out to do something. Right. Like get her, just get her away from from the trauma and everything. So that she's like, oh, let's go and like do this. Let's explore this like unknown cave system. with some cave spelunking. And, you know, a couple of the people in the group are experienced. And a couple, some, some of them are not experienced at all. I swear I saw this on TV like a couple of years ago. Yeah. So these women go into this cave system. And uh, the way the movie is filmed is amazing because it makes it captures that feeling of claustrophobia. Yeah, nope, nope. Like there's, there's scenes, there's scenes in the film where the women are squeezing through these gaps you can barely fit through, and you just keep thinking to yourself, man, if you get stuck or the rocks cave in or something, and that's like one of the probably the worst ways to go. You know what I mean? I can't even. And the think way, about it. like the camera is like the girl is crawling through this hole, no. and the camera is like right on her. No, just, it's yeah. But anyway, so that that for the first half hour of the movie is scary enough just with that impact and then as you get further in this cave system there's a really good scene where they end up at the bottom of this cave and they find like a bunch of bones like you can't tell if it's like animal bones or human bones or whatever mm. but and then one of the characters it's really dark so they turn on like their nightlight camera or yep. whatever and, and then you turn around and you see there's, there's like this creature just standing in the dark and it looks just like a bald like not like an it doesn't look like an alien it looks like a bald like a, like a human if it was like feral and like oh okay. just so it's just it was like whatever it's this underground cave dwelling creature okay it, the movie doesn't really ever explain it's, it's like, like golem right kind of like <laughs> golem but like a full size right not yeah. like a, yeah. yeah so anyways these creatures start attacking the group and of course some of the group members die and i'm not gonna get into spoilers this is like halfway through the film but i'll just say like the movie definitely takes that turn from being more about like just that scary claustrophobic I mean, and there, is, there are some moments of claustrophobia throughout the rest of them because they're trying to escape from these creatures right. now, trying to find their way out, but now having to deal with trying to kill or, or run away from these creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they made a sequel to it. I remember oh. seeing the sequel years ago. I don't think it was as good. I don't even think it was the original director. But the original one is, is great. And like I said, if, hmm. if, you're, if you don't like claustrophobia, you're not going to want to watch yeah, that film. No. No. But I just thought that was a really cool take on, on a horror film, something you don't see very often. What was... You remind me of same claustrophobia you mm. remind me of that ryan reynolds one where he's stuck in the, in uh, the yeah it's, it's called buried 
Oh, that, that to me is a horror film. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like you can have you can have those types of, you know, you, you wouldn't you probably classify more as like a thriller, but yeah, it, it obviously could be deemed horror depending on your context of the situation. Like if being buried alive is scary to you, which I'm sure it would be to most people, <laughs> then yeah, that movie can definitely be very again claustrophobic. That's and, another and terrifying. Movie, that's another movie where you are on one person the mm-hmm. whole movie, just like Locke yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, right. It's, yeah, it's single. It's one actor carrying a whole movie. That was oh, that was also scary. Now, um, and it's funny. I know I alluded earlier to there's a small scene in the descent where there's like a character in the dark and they have like a night vision yes. camera or whatever, using the night vision mode on their camera. That's actually like a super common um, trope. Yeah, I was going to say trope or cliche <laughs> that you'd see in horror films nowadays. But, I mean, again, if, if used correctly, it can be done very well. But it can also be a lazy way to just manufacture some suspense. You didn't see it. Now but, you do. like, one of the, I mean, minor spoiler here. I don't know anybody who hasn't already seen it by now. But if you haven't seen The Silence of the Lambs. I haven't. There's a great scene near the end of that film where there's a night vision sequence where Clarice is in the dark. And that's a scary. Because, again, I wouldn't classify Silence of the Lambs as a horror film. I mean, you could call it a drama thriller. I mean, because obviously there's some disturbing material in there but you know it's not what i would call a traditional horror film but again that's that's why horror doesn't really have traditional labels but i would say there's a definitely the last half hour of the movie is super intense hmm. same with uh again another film you wouldn't traditionally classify as horror but i would say it definitely leans in that direction is the film seven you know the brad pitt yeah. uh, morgan freeman one because there's just some moments in that film that are and again it's just the way david fincher films that movie that it's super creepy do you not remember that one scene in Seven where they, I mean, minor spoiler, again, Seven's like almost 30 years old now. Um, they come across, because uh, again, like in, in Seven, the, the, the detectives, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman's characters are trying to track down, well, there's a serial killer who's killing people using some of the like seven deadly sins from oh, the Bible. Oh, I have to rewatch this. Right? Like it's either like lust or gluttony yeah. or sloth or... Envy. Right, envy. But, um, so one of the minor spoiler here, again, you can skip over this, but... Uh, they the the police investigate a they have a lead on a uh, a possible victim so they go into this guy's apartment and there's just like like the smell in this apartment is ridiculous and then you see they see this body on a bed and it looks like they assume this person's dead because this person is like they're they i'm not even gonna describe it it's a disgusting scene but and then um when the, one of the characters leans over to check on this person, the person uh, like no. wakes up like breathes, uh, and you're thinking like, "Oh my god, like how does this person survive in this condition?" Like it's that like I'll call it like three to four minute sequence of a long film will always stay in my mind because the uh, way Fincher directed it is so creepy, and he has a bit of a background with horror. I mean, he directed. It's not. He, it's not one of his. He's not happy about directing this <laughs> film because no, because the studio screwed it up. But okay. he, one of his first directing jobs was he directed Alien Three. Oh, um, the other one was Ridley Scott. The first one, first, first one, one. Okay. second one was James Cameron. So yeah, oh, so he had James he had Cameron he had big too. shoes to follow. Those yes. two films, yeah. Alien Three is not a great film, but the studio really screwed that up, unfortunately. But at least Fincher moved, went on to do other things. Like I said, he, he bounced back pretty quick. He did Seven, he did you know Fight Club after that. Mm. He did, um, but also like recently, um, you can even say in terms of like some horror ish moments, like he did Zodiac. Has yes, a couple of that's creepy true. moments. Yes, even even Gone Girl, you could say, has some oh, Gone moments to lean into. Yeah. yeah, so I'd love to see him do like a traditional. Yeah. But see again, I keep I don't want to keep saying that because you don't want to lump horror into traditions. Like so many, you have so many different ways to do horror films. Yeah. Like I'm not into like, jump horror films. I'm into yeah, thriller like, horror films. It's very easy to do lazy jump scares. Like there's a lot of horror films that are just you can tell if they're done by the numbers, they're very predictable. 
like you know camera will fall around a corner yeah. and then you'll yeah. you know mm-hmm. you, you'll hear the mute the music will start building up yeah. and then all of a sudden like jump scare and then like they are loud like screeching sound plays to try and yeah no there's ways to another movie i watched recently that was really i think it's under the radar well maybe not i think for most horror thriller fans they've already seen this film i think it came out almost 10 years ago not that long uh it's called sinister it stars ethan hawk and he's a uh, like an author, I think. Which again, it's a, a very uh, Alan Wake. No, I was gonna say it's a very common horror trope yeah. to have like a, a struggling <laughs> writer who can't come up with any. So he, of course, Ethan Hawke's oh, character, like buys a house. He buys his house where like a bunch of people were murdered, which again is another horror trope. But he finds these like really old tapes, not even tapes. Sorry, it's film, like film reels. So he has to hook up like an old film projector and play these old like what do you call it, eight millimeter film reels mm-hmm. or whatever. And he realizes that these, basically a bunch of snuff films, there's people getting killed in these films, mm-hmm. but he realizes that it's it's all the people that have lived at the house before. Right. And there's like one, you know, creature or demon or whatever you want to call it that's killing these people. But the way these things are filmed and the way he watches the films is really unsettling. Like there's one, it's not a movie that has a lot of jump scares, but there's one really good jump scare where there's, I'm not going to spoil the whole scene, but let's just say it involves, he's watching this film and he sees someone pushing a lawnmower, like a lawnmower is on, someone's pushing a lawnmower down a lawn while they're filming. And then all of a sudden, something very, very disgusting happens. And you're just like, oh, my God, that's that came out of nowhere. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the movie's got some crazy imagery. Um, and I see a lot of people talk about it. I mean, people always want to talk about, like, like I said, the Conjuring films or um, uh, like Paranormal Activity films, stuff Nothing. like that. The Ring? Is that a horror? Yeah, film? actually, you know what? The, uh, see, The Ring 2 was terrible. But the original Ring, I'm sorry, when I say original, I, I mean, there was a Japanese, it was, the American f- version was... Oh, adapted? A remake of a Japanese. Okay. So the Japanese, it was called Ringu. Oh, it was okay. the Japanese one that came out like late 90s or something. Right. I remember seeing the, I'm going to call it, the, what's called The Ring. It came out like 2001, yeah. I think. I saw it in theaters. Ooh. That scared the crap out of me. <laughs> that was a scary film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting, interestingly enough, too, because it's directed by the guy who did the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Oh, so yeah, but he he also leans into horror a little bit. So he's done some other films that have been in that sort of vein. You know right. what I mean? But that's what that's what I love too is you can have certain directors who primarily only do horror thriller films, but then you can have other directors that kind of branch out and do a bunch of different. Like I'm not saying like you know Christopher Nolan's going to do a horror film or something. I wouldn't be really up his up his alley. But you can have these directors who dabble in drama, horror, thriller, and they can bounce around. Like even like um, it's funny. They like, think think for example like the the the, the guy who directed the first saw film yeah and he did the conjuring films that i mentioned already he also went on to do like a fast and furious film <laughs> so i mean or an aquaman he did aquaman as well so you, you can bounce around these but he's a really good horror director he did that one recently remember we saw those um or i showed you a bunch of like youtube reviews and stuff for that one called malignant yes it's a new one that just came out he did that one as well yes yeah so i don't know like, i just I, I think horror is a fascinating genre um i don't like, i don't I have to be in the right mood to watch of a course. horror film. Like I don't, I wouldn't. Want I'm to... not gonna watch it in December when Christmas and Happy Times. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you can't. Yeah, well, you that, could. but, but, but the funny thing, the funny thing is, there's a lot of horror films also play, t- take place around Christmas time. So, so that's sad. you can't yeah. get the toy on. T- you're a parent and you can't get the toy on time. That's horror. But yeah, I just I don't know. I uh, sometimes yeah, I'm in the mood to just stumble across whether it's on Netflix or Amazon or even just on TV. Mm. Maybe not on TV because I, I find like horror films you really got to be in that right setting. Yeah, you want, without a commercial interrupting. Yeah, you, <laughs> you don't want commercial interruptions. You don't want films to be edited down. Right. You don't obviously want to be censored either. It yeah. defeats the purpose of a horror film. But yeah, I just I don't know. It's um, fascinating genre to me, and I'm glad that it hasn't gone away. It keeps evolving. You know, it does. Yeah. But I had a final question for you. Okay. 
What is scarier? Is watching a movie scarier or playing a game, a horror game, scarier? Like if you had a jump scare in a film, you th- if you I, think I, it's I, more impactful if you're playing it? I think movie definitely. I think video really? video games can be scary, but I definitely think movies are. Because honestly, like, and I'm I, I'm translating this to like the theater experience, like watching a okay. watching a movie in a theater, nothing like watching a scary horror movie in a theater pack with people, nothing beats that experience. Mm. Yeah, like if I'm playing a scary video game, something creeps me out. One or two things going to happen in a video game. Something creeps me out. I can just pause the game and walk away. I can be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing this right now. Screw this. I can just walk away. I mean, you're not, not going to do that in the theater. You take your off. You turn the lights or, on. Or number two, the problem is, yeah, sometimes a video game can scare you, but a lot of times the result of a horror video game is you're going to die, and you're just going to replay that same segment, mm-hmm. so now you already know what's going to happen. It defeats okay. the... You get that one-time scare, but you don't have the... I see. You know, whereas, like, I don't know, yeah, a good horror film can keep you uh anxious the whole time but it's rare that you'll rewatch a halloween or a scary film i would like I, like I wouldn't rewatch horror film like if i really like the horror film i wouldn't watch it like every day for a week because i would obviously kind of like you lose the impact but i'd say like every once if i like a really good horror film i would watch it every couple of years yeah just to keep it fresh yeah yeah so no that's just my thoughts so what do you want what question you want to pose to our listeners why don't we say something like have you watched a horror film before that either i don't want to say scarred you but like if you watch a horror film before that had such an impact on you that you don't really want to go back and watch it again like it just or do you have, do you have a specific movie that's just burning your memory because of something or like what is the theme that you can't watch a theme okay like yeah like yeah, i cannot yeah. watch things of claustrophobia right i mm-mm. so that, that's your i nope out of that right Mine would be um, if I had to pick an example of something that I don't like. I, see, I'm I'm not the kind of person who says I'll never watch something. Like I'm open to watching anything, but there's certain things I would shy away from. It's um, it's hard for me to say because there's not many things that I don't like watching. <laughs> there has to be something though that that would that I'm like leaning away Spiders from. You know in what your I mean? Body creeping around. No, it's like I like, got like arachnophobia that stuff doesn't scare me. Um, That's because you kill all the host spiders for me. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's got to be something here. You know what? I'll have an answer for next week because I can't think of it off the top of my head. Yeah, I'll think about to, this. He has yeah. to scare himself the whole week until he finds an answer. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Or is there a movie that scarred you? You will never go back to see. Not off the top of my head, but again, I'll think about this for next week. Okay. 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 If you want to email to an answer, you can contact us at when opposites react at gmail.com all right well as i mentioned earlier in this podcast if you have not seen the james bond film yet <laughs> your mandatory watch for next week mandatory viewing i read an art i read an article before i before we came on to record this tonight that says that um no time to die has to make 900 million dollars to break even <laughs> so let's all do our part <laughs> Tyler's doing it. I think right now it's up to like 150 million in North America, plus like maybe another 100 million in yeah, China. I, I so think I saw it was like 300 mil total. Yeah, so I don't think it's going to hit that number, <laughs> but I'm going to do my best to try and <laughs> get it up. So if, if I spend, if I end up spending around 100 dollars total in theaters to go see this film, then I'll say I've done my part. <laughs> yeah, who was off- who was offering to pay like 500 million before? Oh, like I think it was Apple. Didn't yeah. Apple want to buy the rights to it? Yeah. That maybe would have been a better idea, but anyways, we live, we learn. Regard, I mean, at this point, it doesn't really. I mean, realistically, let's let's be honest here. Even if they lose money on this, they're not going to stop making Bond films in the future. No, it's it's too too lucrative of a a product. 
bad Kobe move on. Exactly. They'll win COVID and then we'll just, they got to recast anyways, right? That's true. They got time. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's it for tonight's episode. So thanks everybody for listening. We always appreciate your support. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email next week about the horror topic and we'll be back at the same time next week. Boo. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.